Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya FM 95.9. We continue now uh, and we're looking at property and recent statistics show a sharp increase in applications for 100% home loans. Applications matched a generous amount of approvals. Of course, you know, we're in, um, we in a buyer's market. My guest this evening is Grant Smee and he is a property expert. Grant, thank you very much for your time this evening. Uh, thank you for having me. Grant, I think, you know, we, we we have often spoken about it being a buyer's market. Given the current climate, first-time buyers are spending more than in previous years. Are, the, are, are we seeing a match to that approvals? I know we're looking at that stats and it looks like there is a generous amount. But, I mean, what what does a generous amount mean? I mean, are the banks dishing out loans full 100% bonds to um, first-time buyers? That's absolutely it's, it's an interesting space because we talk about a buyer's market because that was the expectation um, sort of, uh, as we came toward the end of lockdown and leading into into the new year. Um, but it seems like you know there has been a flood of, of buyers in this market seeing opportunity for two reasons, the low interest rate as well as the expectation that there are going to be a lot of properties on the market. Um, and there has been also been an increase from the banks um, on, uh, on um, approving percent bonds to third-time buyers, and, and and not only because of COVID, but also because it's a a, a plan for the banks to uh, acquire more business. So there's it's sort of um, an alignment of the stars for first-time buyers at the moment. To be fair. How do we, I mean, are we still looking? I mean, I know that interest rates are really low and of course, you know, we need to get this economy going again. And of course, you know, approving these loans are very important as well. And people want to actually take up this opportunity with interest rates being so low. But I mean, in terms of, you know, adhering to the National um, Credit Act, um, are, are we making sure that people are still um, looking at their affordability? Yeah, so I mean, you know, the banks um, operate under strict criteria because of the National Credit Act, so they have to they have to adhere to responsible lending. But they certainly will go through the checks and balances and the mortgage brokerages, um, for example, Uber, will ensure that anybody applying um, is, is um, sort of uh, their affordability is in line with what the, the loans they're looking for. But obviously, the affordability at the moment has been um, affected by these low interest. So buyers do need to be conscious of the fact that. Although we have at, at um, record lows in terms of interest rates, interest rates will increase. And, and you know, even if they increase from where you are, the, the 7.25 up into the 10%, that could add a substantial cost to you down the line. So you do need to be aware that interest rates will rise, um, potentially in the medium term, and that in, in three, four years' time, you're going to be paying quite a lot more for your bond. So you need to keep that in mind when you are buying at the moment. We're also finding a lot of people buying second or third properties and as an investment also taking up the opportunity that if interest rates are so low let's get into the market and let's buy something as an investment what are some of the things that we need to actually watch out for because we've heard some really serious you know some some terrible disaster stories of people buying for investments and you know it's it's still a lot of work it it's not just you know putting money into some shares and watching it grow there's work to yeah. be done with that investment absolutely i think I think the biggest mistake somebody can make getting into an investment property is, is first and foremost not educating themselves and buying into the hype that um, buying a popular property um, is a passive investment and, and property prices will always go because that's certainly not the case. 
um, you know, people talk about the, the property market as a whole, but the reality is the property markets are broken down by suburb, by area, and sometimes even by street. So you need to educate yourself not only in terms of running the numbers and understanding how actually property investment works, but also researching the area, understanding the demand for the property that you're buying in the area, making sure that you're going to have tenants and that you're not competing against a new development that's going up next door with the same sort of stock and new property. There's quite a lot that you need to look into when you are going to get down an investment group. You know, you wouldn't um, directly invest in shares without studying the company. But often mm. people just jump at properties. I think it's quite quite an easy process. I mean, just talking about, you know, buying shares, I mean, you know, a lot of people would like to invest in property. They don't always need to invest in the physical bricks and mortar property. They can also invest on the stock market into property. What's your thoughts on that at this time? Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so, I mean, you can invest directly into um, the real estate investment trust and the REITs, um, which is generally, um, they generally hold a majority or they hold a majority of commercial property. So at the moment, the REITs have taken quite a big hit in terms of valuations because of, of, of the COVID lockdown, um, lots of vacancies. So it is potentially, uh, and I mean, uh, it's not investment advice, but it's potentially a good time to look at some of the REITs as an investment opportunity to get in where their, their, their share prices are potentially lower than they have been for a long time. Our, um, uh, the certain REITs have had amazing performance over the last, over the last few years. So it is potentially an opportunity to, be, to get into some of the more exciting REITs and make a return, which then is the more passive investment side of property. Grant, tell me what's happening in the commercial property space. We've often spoken about residential property. What's happening in uh, in terms of commercial property? Yeah, so I think um, you know there's, there's obviously lots of vacancies at the moment. I mean, there's, I mean, you just have to go out uh, to any industrial area or warehousing area at the moment, or take a walk to a mall or anything, and you see that there's lots and lots of empty spaces. So I think um, uh, landlords are being far more flexible in terms of their lease terms. You know, I know, for example, the a mall down the road from where I live, and, and the landlords there have taken um, put in place very, very flexible terms for their tenants to ensure that they have at least had some tenants. So uh, there's certainly um, rental pressure, so so down the pressure on rentals, um, and then down the pressure on lease terms in terms of how long you go in. Um, you know, traditionally you look at a three or five year term, you could potentially get into a commercial space now on a one year term. So landlords are. Um, taking a view on rental and on, on, on far more flexible lease terms at the moment. But, um, you know, we're going to see the effects in the commercial market probably going to be a lot, obviously a lot longer than residential because people need a space to live and people are working a lot more from home. Whereas on the commercial side, I think there's a, a much more cynical, more cynical view on now taking commercial space for your business because you can work from home or co-share, for example. So, I mean, if we're still focusing on residential and that's looking a lot more um, that's looking a lot more attractive. I mean, if you've done all the research and you do want to get in while the interest rates are low, I mean, is, is owning a second property uh, purely for an investment? If you've done all your homework, is that still a good move? Yeah, so, so if you're buying a property for capital appreciation at the moment, that's probably not the best move in the world to make because capital appreciation, firstly, is never guaranteed. And secondly, it's fairly unlikely in, in the medium term. So if you are going to invest in a second property, I mean, I really encourage people to, to first educate themselves, buy, buy a property investment book and, and, and read up on it. But if you are going to invest, invest for, for um, positive cash flow. So ensure that at the end of every month, 
you're getting money out of, of um out of the deal after having settled all your expenses. So you're in a profit position. And if you do that, it certainly um, can be a, a good investment at this stage. I mean, we also have to consider um, things like capital gains tax. Yeah, yeah. So, so capital gains tax obviously comes into play when you have capital appreciation. Um, you know, and it's unfortunately just one of those uh, nature of the beast. So I would rather um, take, you know, invest now for, for cash flow make sure that I'm profiting out of my, my property on a monthly and therefore annual basis. And when, when and if the property appreciates um, over the period of my ownership, I would then pay that capital gains tax at the end. So it's just a, it's a slice of the pie that you pay the government. So, you know, like I say, um, traditionally or, or usually I would, I would recommend you invest for cash flow and the capital appreciation that you pay the capital gains tax out of is really the premium on the top. So it's really uh, uh, nice to have um, and I'll, I'll certainly tell you that there's a lot of property investors that would love to be paying cap gains tax in the next three to five years. So that means the market shifted um, away from the space that we're in at the moment. If you've just joined us, my guest this evening is Grant Smee. He's a property expert and we're talking about uh, the property market in South Africa, residential and commercial. And of course, residential property market, it is a buyer's market at this point. We've got very low interest rates. Um, and it is a good time to buy. Of course, you have to do your homework and your research. If you have any questions, please give me a call. The number is 86 Grant, there is a question coming through about buying a piece of land and then building on. I mean, there is, you know, buying a piece of land could also fall under that property market, I suppose, but um, the cost of actually building at this time, would that be advisable? Yeah, so I mean, again, it comes down to experience. I mean, um, uh, building uh, any investment property for yourself, for example, or home, you know, there's obviously uh, a saving in terms of building, but there's also uh, a time a time cost, so it takes you time to get the the plans approved, and you get to change the zoning. That takes time, so it depends which piece of land where you where you're looking to build, and also ultimately what you're looking to build on that land. Um, you know, if you're looking to build a home in an established area, it probably is better for you to buy a an established home. It's going to be cheaper for you, and less painful, uh, and from a time perspective, a lot quicker to buy because uh, it's an existing home. But if you're looking to build uh, an investment um, uh, property, for example, it could potentially end up um, being cheaper than buying a second property, but also um, uh, yields much higher because your your cost of building is so much lower. So it really depends where that land is and what the what the zoning is on the and the property. How long does it take you to get plans? Does it have services? So it's quite a broad question in terms of um, just buying a piece of land to build. We often hear about location, location, location. So I suppose the value of that piece of land or the property are also depends on where you're buying. Yeah, exactly. And it depends on, on uh, access to amenities, uh, access to um, transport, access to um, you know, shops and services, schools. Um, doesn't have electricity and, and water services already there. Um, have the roads been built, as an example? Um, you know, or do you have the relative need to, to add a, um, an investment into the local um, infrastructure. So, so it really depends where that piece of land is. Um, but location, location, location is such a good, great term. I think people um, often relate to how they feel about the land versus actually um, location is, is important because of the demand from the investment property point of view. How much demand is there for what you're looking to build on that piece of land or, or the property that you're looking to buy? As we wrap it up, uh, Grant, 
anything else that we should be looking at? I mean, of course, we have to do our homework and our research and, and location forms very much part of that. I mean, understand where you're buying. It's not just a beautiful, you know, a beautiful house that you want to buy. Where are you buying it? And, you know, it could look really cheap to you. But again, it could go back to the location and the value of where you're buying. Um, is there anything else that we need to look at? Because it's really important. I mean, if you're taking out a 20-year bond, you st- you're yeah. basically making uh, a massive commitment that's going yeah. to be with you for a long time. Yeah, look, I mean, it, it's a huge commitment. And often it's, it's people's biggest purchase that they ever make in their entire lifetime. So, you know, the one thing that I certainly recommend is you, that you never spend more than 30% of your net income on your home and your housing. And that would include, um, you know, for example, if you're going to buy a sexual type of complex, your levies. Um, because it's important that you realize that cost is up, the property does need to be maintained. And there are these hidden costs of ownership that, um, you know, people don't tell you about when they're talking about buying a home. And because you're so emotional about buying a home, you overlook these things and then they bite you, you know, six, 12, 18 months later. So the first thing is try and make sure that you leave must, uh, space in your budget for maintenance and, and the cost of ownership. And the second one on, on your flip side is if you're looking to invest for income, uh, so cost investment, start considering maybe doing multi-level, you have multiple tenants per property. <clears throat> what COVID did um, uh, is it highlighted to me how many landlords have single income and, or, or a single tenant in their properties. And when that tenant loses their income, that, that landlord loses um, their ability to collect rent. But if you had multiple tenants in each property, you would uh, potentially have low risk of losing your entire income. Maybe lose half the income, but you still receiving income. So that multi-left um, diversification of risk across your tenants is a, is a much safer way to go. So important. Thanks so much for that information. Grant, thank you so much for your time this evening. Grant Smee, Managing Director for Only Realty, is also a property investor and entrepreneur. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Rewinding, Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.